Uh, awesome. All right, you can be seated. Thanks for worshiping today. What a great day. What a great time of year to be in North Carolina. This, this, is, this is our month to shine. Uh, all the leaves are going to be turning colors. All the tourists are going to be here. We love the tourists. All the roads are going to be crowded. And then next month, it's all going to be brown and gray and cold. But we're not in next month. We're here right now. I actually love, uh, one of the things that I love about living uh, in Asheville is that you actually have four seasons. Uh, where I grew up in New Orleans, home of the New Orleans Saints, you know the Saints, they're the ones that beat the Panthers a couple of weeks ago in their stadium. And I do realize that the Saints are in last place in our division, but all the better that the last place team beat your team. Uh, so I know I, I've just destroyed any advantage I have on this message, right? Uh, but, uh, you know, we never experienced seasons in New Orleans. It's just subtropic. It's hot. It's humid all year round. And uh, I, I love the four seasons that we experience here uh, in Asheville. And it is important to understand what season you're in. Uh, and it's not necessarily uh, just the idea of what season you're in in terms of uh, weather-wise, but what season are you in uh, in your life? What, what's going on right now in your world? What, uh, there are things that you want for another season, but you're in this season. And, and figuring out where you are, um, and today I want to talk about the idea of having confidence in the season you're in now. Confidence for the season you're in we're in the book of Hebrews, and we're, we're going through this uh, kind of concept by concept, a uh, few, few verses at a time, and I've entitled it Better uh, because uh, Jesus is the better high priest, and we have the better covenant that's built on better promises, and there's so many betters uh, in the book of Hebrews, and I believe that God has better in store for you. He has a better in store for your life. He, he does want to keep taking us to higher and greater places in him. And so I want to drill down on one particular verse today. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16 said, says, Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and may find grace to help in time of need. I love the idea that God offers to help. Uh, that God, our God, is a helping God. Like he wants to help. He sent the Holy Spirit to be our helper. Uh, his lean toward our life is to help us in life. And how many of you would be honest enough to recognize you could use some help? Come on. We, we all could use some help. Uh, and uh, in, in your time of need, in your strategic season of life, I just want you to know that God is leaning into you, and he wants to help you 
right where you are right now. I know some people who love to give their ideas. And then I know some other people who love to help. My preference is to hang out with people who actually want to help and not give their ideas. Uh, thank you for your idea, but do you actually want to help? Because the people who want to help are the kind of people I want to hang around with. And the idea, the picture behind this word, uh, help, God is ready to help us in time of need, Actually, you can find a picture of that in the book of Acts. Uh, Apostle Paul is traveling, and uh, there's a storm arising. And Acts 27, 17 says, uh, after they hoisted up, uh, they used supporting cables to undergird the ship for fear that it could run aground on the shallows of Syrtis, which is right outside of Inca. Uh, they... <laughs> They let down the sea anchor and so let themselves be driven along. But I love this idea because it's the idea, the same concept that you get with this word help in time of need is that grace is there to hold it all together. Come on, at some point in every life, you're going to reach a place where you feel like things are unraveling for me. I don't care how smart you are, how strong you are, how much money you have, how good looking you are, who you think you are. There are, everybody hits these places, these seasons in life where it feels like things could unravel for you. And I'm just here to announce to you today that there is mercy and there is grace to help you in those times of need. Anybody glad for that? I'm blessed by the concept that God's throne is a throne of grace. We come boldly with confidence to the throne of grace because God is God. He gets to establish how all this works, right? So he could, he could sit on a throne of judgment, but he sits on a throne of grace. He could sit on a throne of condemnation, but he sits on a throne of grace. He could sit on a throne of indifference, but he sits on a throne of grace. And of all the ways that God has chosen to relate to us, I'm glad he has chosen grace. Unmerited favor extended into our world. That's the way he's chosen to, to relate to you and to me. 2 Corinthians 9 describes a little bit of this life. It said God's able to make all grace abound to you that always having all sufficiency in everything, you may have an abundance for every good deed. So the grace of God comes into our life, not just giving us enough to barely make it, but the Bible says that his grace comes into our world, causes us to abound, causes us to overcome, causes us to live in abundance, causes us to have all sufficiency for everything. Now, I've been a, a believer for 43 years. 43 years ago, I gave my heart to Christ, and um, I've come to discover something. I like leaning heavy on the grace of God. His grace is always there. His grace is always consistent. 
my performance is not always that consistent. But there's, you know, there's some weeks where I feel like I have, I have watched, uh, I have read my Bible every day, I have prayed every day, I have exercised, I have watched what I've eaten, I have been kind, I have, and then there's other weeks, not. <laughs> where do you land on that one? And I love the fact that the confidence factor in life can be found on building your life on his grace and his consistency. You know, even a great baseball player, uh, if, they can, if they can get a base hit three out of ten tries, <laughs> they're, they've got a great salary. They, you know, they, they, they're going to become Hall of Fame players. And, and the truth is, life is full of a lot of hits and misses. But I think even beyond the hit and miss factor is the fact that we can rely on the grace of God to find grace, to receive mercy, to help us in times of need. You know, I think confidence gets eroded when you start to get focused on your inadequacy. When you start to get focused on your lack of wisdom and your lack of strength or your lack of resources or your inconsistency, and we're all really good at beating ourselves up about how we should be doing better, and if we were doing better, our life would be going better. But I'm just here to say to you that there is a throne of grace that you can come to and find mercy and grace to help in time of need. Somebody say thank you, Lord, for that. I think a lot of people quit trying in life because they're so focused on their own inadequacy. They feel like, why should I try again? Why should I keep going for this? Um, the other day, Ian Green was here. He was talking about what would you want to have on your tombstone. And, and there have been times I've thought, on my tombstone, maybe should go at least this. He never stopped trying. Right. And, and, and I want to say that that is not built on anything that I bring to the table. It's that I realize that the grace of God could give a breakthrough at any moment in any arena of life. If at first you don't succeed, don't go skydiving. I mean, if at first you don't succeed, you're pretty human. And this is, that's, the Bible describes sin is literally missing the mark. It's falling short. I don't know about you, but I, I feel like I miss the mark pretty regularly. The mark that I set for myself, uh, the mark that I want to reach for, I feel like I'm always falling short of that. And I'm just so thankful today for the grace of God, the abundant grace of God. Aren't you? So what I want to do today is kind of unpack this verse, and uh, I want to give you five practical keys. All the smart spiritual people are going to take notes. <laughs> and all the dumb people that are going to hell, no, 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 I'm kidding, I'm kidding. I'm kidding, that's a little too strong, isn't it? Hey, man, what, you just talk about grace? Give us a break. But take some notes. 
Jesus loves you more if you take notes. <laughs> I want to give you five ideas that uh, I think are really helpful to build your confidence in the season that you're in right now. The first one is this, draw near, don't pull away. Draw near, don't pull away. So Hebrews 4.16 said, us, let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. I think the biggest temptation in the day of trouble is to separate yourself. Uh, when you start going through stuff, it just becomes easy to pull away. Proverbs 18.1 says, he who separates himself seeks his own desire, and he quarrels against all sound wisdom. And I've seen this for, for decades now. People start going through stuff, and they, instead of drawing near to where their help is, they pull away. So they quit going to church when trouble hits. Uh, they, they quit entering into worship when trouble hits. They pull away from godly people when trouble hits. And I just want to say that when you're going through something, that's the time you most need <laughs> all that. Don't pull away. Don't withdraw from the, from the right people. And I, know, I mean, I know what it feels like because when, when you feel like the, the ship is unraveling or, the, or it's coming apart, you know, you, you feel ashamed. You feel embarrassed. You feel stupid. And, and you feel like, why can't I hold this together in a, in a better way? But I just want to encourage you no matter what you're going through, stay planted in the house of God. Stay planted in the house of God. This is where, this is where your help is. Stay, stay planted in the word of God. You know, keep drawing near to the Lord. When, when you get down and discouraged, when you, or when you get too busy, it becomes easy to pull away rather than draw near. Here's what I know to be true. When you isolate, your head gets crazy. You do. You get crazy. And you might be thinking, I'm isolated. I'm not crazy. <laughs> yes, you are. You hear about all these people that do crazy things, they get on the news and kind of find out they've gone off and they've isolated from everybody and they got nobody around them to, to love them, encourage them, speak to their soul, speak to their spirit, speak to what's going on in their brain. Come on, don't, don't pull away. Always draw near. Draw near. I know you might not feel like worshiping, but that's the best thing you can do. <laughs> I know you might not feel like reading your Bible, but it, I promise you it's the best thing you can do, right? I know you might not feel like having a prayer time, but it's the best thing you can do. I know you might not feel like coming to the men's event on October 20th, but it's the best thing you can do. 
Men, come on, wives, if you don't want to be married to a crazy man, get him to the men's event. That's all I got to say. And don't be coming to me for counseling about your crazy man if you hadn't got him there. Number two idea, you got to watch your mouth. Got to watch your mouth. So Hebrews 4.16 said, let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. And I love this word confidence, and you're gonna, we're going to see this a lot in the book of Hebrews. It talks a lot about confidence, but literally the idea, the original language is to confidence is freedom of speech. And, and one of the big ideas that's in this passage is it's okay to speak freely to the Lord in time of need. It's, it's, a, it's okay to complain to God for a little while. But what you don't want to do is make all your time with God complain time. And it's not that God can't handle it. It's that it's not good for your soul, right? So there's, there's a moment where you come in and you say, God, I am so discouraged, or I am disappointed, or this is not working out, or, you know, whatever, or they're making me so mad, or whatever is going on, it's okay to complain for a while, but at some point, you got to get a hold of yourself, and you got to set your rudder to go forward, because your words are directing your life. James 3 says this, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone doesn't stumble in what he says, he's a perfect man, able to bridle the whole body as well. Now, if we put the bits into horses' mouths so they will obey us, we direct their entire body as well. Look at the ships also. Although they are so great and are driven by strong winds, they're still directed by a very small rudder wherever the inclination of the pilot desires. Your tongue, your words is your rudder that guides your life. And your words guide you. They steer you. They steer your life. If you have a negative thought that comes into your head, or if you have some kind of thing that's going on inside of your soul, I want to encourage you not to dwell on it or even not so much to say it all the time, but find an antidote in the Word of God, a promise from God that you speak out when that crazy thing starts happening in your head. Can you hear what I'm saying? It's like as soon as you get that, that kind of discouraging, you know, all oh, the season I'm in right now, if only I was married, if only I had kids, if only I didn't have these stupid kids, if only I, if only I had that job, if only I didn't have a job, if, well, you know, whatever you're going through, I'm saying you got to get some words that are built out of the Bible that are promises for your life, that when that stuff starts going on, you go, now that wind might be blowing this way, but I'm going to go this way because I'm going to steer my life with words, confession of the Word of God. Come on. You, you can be full of words of worship. You can be full of, of declarations of faith. You can be full of confession of God's Word, or you could be full of words of complaining. 
of grumbling, of whining. Want a little cheese with that wine. I know I talk about this a lot. I talked about it last week, and I don't care. I'm talking about it again this week. Because I still think there are some of us that we know this idea, but we still don't do it. We still don't guide our own life with our words. And I just want to encourage you to know that it's a powerful thing. Come on, you can either be a prayer warrior or a prayer worrier. You can be a prayer warrior or a prayer whiner. So if I could, if I could just urge us to learn, begin to learn how to situate ourselves in the presence of God and start declaring the truth of God's word over our life, your life is going to start going to go in a great direction. The third idea that I want to talk about is this, is how to be confident in the season you're in is you got to walk in the authority of grace. Or let me say it another way. you got to walk in the authority that grace gives you. So the Bible says, let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace. So God gives you and me confidence to come into his presence, but also confidence to walk out into life. When, when my girls were a lot younger, uh, they, they thought they were in charge of the church. Like they just, they, they just thought they, they owned the place. They could go anywhere they wanted to go. They could do anything. As a matter of fact, we had to teach them a couple times because they'd go, well, my dad's a pastor. So, and it's like, no, baby, stop. Time out. Time out. That doesn't work. And the truth is, they had no qualifications. I mean, they had no wisdom. They had no money. They couldn't serve anywhere. They were little. But because of my dad, I just feel like I'm in charge. <laughs> Can I just say to you, you have a heavenly father that can, by his grace, give you the confidence you, you can live in charge. I'm in charge. Amen. I'm, I'm just in charge, and, and here's what grace has allocated to me. Um, you know, I, I recognize that my father owns Asheville, right? Asheville doesn't belong to the devil. Asheville belongs to the Lord. The earth is the Lord's. Asheville is the Lord's. And because he owns this place, he has given me a spot in this city by his grace. And I want to say to you, he's given you a spot in this. A lot of people move to Asheville thinking, this is a great place to live. <laughs> Until they start living here. And they start trying to get a job that can pay for a house and an expensive place to buy a house. Somewhere you got to know that the grace of God gives you the authority to fulfill everything that he wants you to fulfill. 
Spiritual authority is a delegated thing. It's, it's, not, you know, it's not inherent in you. It's, some, it's something that God gives you. The grace of God gives you. It's an inheritance. When we're talking about grace, we're not talking about some kind of weak thing. We're talking about God-given authority. We're coming to a throne. Everybody say a throne. A throne of grace. So you can run your life with authority from your prayer closet. Prayer is not just a defensive posture that we just kind of get in and we're in trouble, so we better pray. Prayer can put you on the offense in life. Godly authority can put you on the offense in life. You, you have this incredible, powerful asset of a prayer life that allows you to access God's help for your life in this season. It's not just an, prayer is not just an asset for when times are tough. You are given an ability to come into the presence of God to the confident before the throne of grace and you have the ability, the capability to change things in the heavenlies, they could be changed in the earth. You have the ability to go into God's presence, come into the throne of grace, and you can see things that you would not have seen. You can hear things that you would not have heard. You could feel things that you would not have felt outside of that prayer closet, prayer thing. Come with confidence before the throne of grace. Concept number four is this. How do you have confidence for the season you're in? You got to appropriate the grace and the mercy that you need. You got to appropriate the grace and the mercy that you need. So let us therefore, verse 16 again, I'm going to read it again. Let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy, that we may find grace to help us in time of need. You got to receive mercy. You got to find grace. Now mercy is when judgment is withheld. Mercy is when you should have got this, but God said, I forgive you. Mercy is the thing we all lean on when you never want to say, I deserve better. No, you don't. <laughs> no, I don't. You don't want what you deserve. Come on. All of us need to know that. Be sure. You don't want what you deserve. Don't, you don't live on deserve. You live on grace. And mercy is when the judgment that should have come to us gets withheld. Whew, come on, receive mercy. But then grace is not just mercy withheld. Grace is favor extended. So mercy gets us to, whew, I'm not going to hell. Whew. Um, I can be right with God. Mercy gets, grace takes me in the positive zone, takes me into the, the great. And 
And the Bible says that we got to receive mercy. We got to find grace. Sometimes you come into God's presence with something. In other words, the way I would encourage you to come to church. Come to church with worship. Come to church, bring faith with you. Bring love with you. Bring worship with you. Sometimes you come with what you need, but sometimes you have to come for what you need. And I know for whether it's my prayer time or my worship time or church, some days I come in here and I'm full of faith and I'm feeling strong and I'm bringing worship. And some days I'm like, I don't shut up. <laughs> You've never said that about me talking, have you? Right? <laughs> shut up. Because your mama taught you not to say that. Grace is always available, and mercy is always available, but they have to be appropriated by faith. Right? Ephesians 2, 8 says, by grace you have been saved through faith. So grace extends, but faith has to receive. And that not of yourselves, even that's the gift of God. What's available has to be appropriated. What is given must be apprehended. Faith has to apprehend the grace that God gives. Faith has to apprehend the mercy that God gives. Because if you don't apprehend mercy, you'll live a life under judgment. You'll live a life under condemnation. You'll live a life with a cloud over your head. Grace, faith reaches out to take a hold of that. There's, there is a grace available for whatever season you are in right now. Whatever that season is, you might say, man, I want to get, I can remember going through tough seasons and thinking, I know this is a part of my story, but I don't want this to be my story. Right? Your situation is not greater than the grace of God. Your season is not greater than the grace of God. And then the last idea that I would like to talk about, which is really what I really want to talk about today, is this number five idea. Receive grace for every strategic season. So back to the verse, it says, let us therefore draw near with confidence to the throne of grace that we might receive mercy, we might find grace to help in time of need. Everybody say time of need. Time of need is uh, a Greek compound word, eukaryos, or eukairos. And it literally means a timely or strategic season. If you've been around here for any amount of time, you've heard me teach in the past that there are two Greek words for time. One is chronos, which is just the chronological, it's time. It's, it's the same 8 o'clock every day, 8 p.m., 8 a.m., just time. Seasons come, October comes, November comes, December comes, chronos time. It's just the dailies. Everybody lives in the dailies. But then there's these kairos moments, these strategic moments. There's a strategic day. 
and a strategic season. I want to say this prophetically to some of us today. Not every day or every season is the same. And to recognize your season. You know, there's sowing seasons, there's reaping seasons, there's pruning seasons. There's seasons in life for all of us. And I could walk through a list. Sometimes we look outside of ourselves and go, I would like for this to be different. It's like, I'm single, I'd like to be married. Um, I, I don't have the job I want. I want to have a job. Uh, I'm, I'm in this situation right now. I'm in this relationship. And, and I, just, I just want to say to you, there is mercy and there is grace to help in this season. Whatever you're, whatever you're in the middle of right now, there is mercy and there is grace to help you in this season. I also want to say that your time of need, your eukaryos, your strategic season, is not just when everything is falling apart. <laughs> I want to encourage every one of us to rely on the grace of God for every strategic moment in life. Because your life doesn't need to keep going from one crisis to another. Your life just, you know, some people have their faith out for the next tribulation, the next crisis. And if, they, if they're not in the middle of some kind of thing, they don't even know what to talk about. Ever met anybody like that? It's like they're, all they can locate is what's wrong and talk about it. Oh, God's dealing with me. Oh, this is going wrong. Oh, this is going sideways. And, but I just want to say there's not only grace for tough times, there's also grace to move forward. Instead of just grace that kind of gets us up to ground zero, there literally are strategic seasons in your life that God wants to equip you, not just to come from hurt to okay, or from lack to okay, but he's actually wanting to give us a grace that goes from okay to better. Come on, are you with me? We got to learn to rely on the grace of God even when things are going well. <laughs> and strategically, we want to move forward. The time, the time people are most likely to fall, to mess up, to fail, is when things are going bad and when things are going good. <laughs> Because if you get all confident and cocky in the good days, you start to sow the seeds for a fall, right? 
But God wants to give us a grace that, yes, picks us up when we've fallen. Yes, heals our hurts. But he also wants to give us a grace for the strategic season that we're in. I've had this thing in my spirit for, for a little bit of time now about this year's version or this season's version of the Rock Church being the best ever. In other words, this is the most worshiping rock church that's ever existed. This is the the hardest praying rock church that's ever existed. This is the we want to serve Jesus more rock church that's ever existed. This is the most generous rock church that's ever existed. Anybody own that with me? Can you own that with me? And I believe there's a grace for that. You are in a season right now. And it is good to learn to be aware of what this season really is. Psalm 46 is my last verse, and then I want to pray. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help. Everybody say help. Help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth should change, though crazy things happen on planet earth, we will not fear. I want to pray with you today. Would you bow your heads and would you close your eyes? Father, as we come before you today, thank you for the life and the energy that's in your word. God, I pray for every person, for mercy, for grace, to help in time of need. Father, that you are pouring out goodness into every life. Father, that one that's discouraged, lift them up. God, that one that's disheartened, lift them up. The one that's about ready to quit, lift them up, Lord. Let your spirit breathe life into every one of us. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, maybe the most important moment of this entire service, right now, for someone, you've never really put your life into the hands of God, but you know you want to. Or maybe you used to be close to God, but you're not where you want to be, where you used to be, where you could be, where you know you should be, and it's time to come home. Or you feel unsure about where you stand. I just want to help you make that step forward in your relationship with the Lord. If that's you, would you just lift your hand real high and say, I want to give my life to Christ. I want to come back to him. I want to be sure I'm right with him. Come on, God bless you. Thank you. Thank you. Hands all over the room. Thank you. Come on. This is not a call to get your act together. This is a call to submit your heart to this God who's for you. Is there anybody else that just says, yeah, include me in this prayer? I really want this for my life. Amen. Thank you. Hey, I want us to pray this out loud together. This is for those who lifted their hand, but could we all pray together? Everybody say, Lord Jesus, I open my life to your love, 
to your lordship. I need you. I want you in my world as my Lord. I know I've sinned. I come to the cross where you've paid the price for my forgiveness. Today is a fresh start. It's a new beginning as I give my life to Jesus. Help me become the person you created me to be. Amen. Come on, let's thank the Lord. Amen.